Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to bridge the gap between therapists and clients. We are your companions on your journey to build your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've created a free email course on our website. Head over to shrinkthink.com forward slash podcast, where we've got practical steps on overcoming fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Kim Tolson. If you don't know me yet, I'm the person behind the Traveling Therapist podcast, which is part of the SciCraft network of podcasts. I am so proud to be part of this network along with Aaron and Nathan at ShrinkThink. If you haven't discovered the Traveling Therapist podcast, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. I'd love for you to join us as we explore the ins and outs of running a therapy practice while you travel the world. Be sure to check us out at thetravelingtherapist.com slash podcast for all the updates and lessons I'm learning as a traveling therapist and the adventures of other traveling therapists. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. We're excited to give you the second of a two-part series we released last episode with our incredible guest, Pavel Ityal, who is a man with a successful career a year into his marriage when a tragic accident happened that left him with a broken neck and his wife paralyzed from the neck down. Through his recovery journey, without any family to support him and needing to be strong for his wife, who was paralyzed and suicidal, Pavel was able to find meaning and joy in his life, which he wrote down in his book, True Love and Suffering, a caretaker's memoir of trauma, despair, and other blessings. Listen in for this last part of our incredible interview with Pavel. I'm telling you, it was a very impactful uh, interview. And if you are on YouTube, you can watch us now. We recorded the episode on YouTube. You can follow us at uh, shrink.think on our new YouTube channel. And we will be trying to work out how to release this on like Spotify video. Um, but for now, this is on YouTube. And the interview here is the second of our series. Stay tuned and enjoy. In our connection as people at the end of the day, your millionaire friend, for example, that couldn't text you in the morning or whatever, I think, is he actually present in any of the relationships that he's in? You know, it, it kind of challenges the idea that if if you're a lot of humanity is just simply actually being with the person. And I think a lot of times you just get into a lot of routine. Yeah. And were you actually uh, present with the family members that you were spending time with, you know, that you were taking them on these trips before? I mean, that kind of was like the question of like, who was really present. Yeah. No, you guys are very smart. That's that's brilliant. I love the way you phrased it that um well the question about my millionaire friend if he's if he's ever present and I think he's not. And um and the question and or the the statement that you think you have people around you and then you find out you're not, so to speak. There's certainly um an introspective journey to be made and and I I could have done more. Let's put it this way. And now I do more. So mm -hmm. for me 
I usually say that take away cat from the equation, the accident has been bliss for me. It's been the greatest gift of my life. Before the accident, I was, I was afraid of dying. I was afraid of the universe. Uh, I had all these, all these material things, but I, was, I guess I was afraid of losing them. But after the accident, the values, my inner values, uh, are the ones that I, I, I cherish. And I cherish the people around me. And now my first thought is, how can I make their lives better? Like, how can I help someone else? And it's, it's part ego because it makes me feel better to help them. But it's a good ego. It's a good circle of good, circle of good. Um, I think this is one of those things that, you know, we were talking before uh, we recorded, you know, about the the whole sadness thing. And, you know, I really appreciate your sensitivity, you know, and, and a little bit of humor of like, I don't want to bring your show down. <laughs> and you don't at all. I mean, because that's ultimately really like, like you're saying that life, that the greatest joy also has to come with the depth of pain. You cannot have one without the other, right? Right. If you get lost in the depths of pain and can come out of it, you can now experience the greatest joy because you know what it's like to be in that spot of, of dire need. And so I'm just thinking for the listeners out there, you know, again, these people that maybe are not helpful or they don't know what to do, or, or maybe even they're like looking at it like, oh, well, what do you want to do on Saturday? Well, we could visit Pavel or we could go <laughs> golfing, right? In the sun, right? It's like, yeah. Right. There we go. Let's go sit next to a person in near death or hit a golf ball, right? And drink a beer. That sounds happy yeah. versus, you know, something that's sad and depressing. So like, like what, what, what would you have to say for people who might be afraid of, or maybe, um, a little bit hesitant around, you know, going and visiting somebody, being around somebody who's sad or depressed. I would say, I would say, try it and see what it does for your self-esteem and the idea of yourself. Like, go and help someone and see how you feel about yourself afterwards. Because isn't that it, right? Like, I feel really good about myself today because I'm helping people, and the way I look at myself is everything. I mean, you could strip me of everything I have right now. You could give, you know, naked, be on the street, my, my wife dead, and I would like feel really good because I, I like, I honor myself and I respect myself and respect. It's all about respect. I mean, yeah. So, so just try it. I would say, just go and try it and see how you feel about yourself. And then it'll start a good spiral. So this is going to be kind of a little bit of a weird question, but um, I think it's maybe easier to get at the answer. Which is if you th if you think about the you're speaking a little bit earlier to the orientation of pain. In other words, how you how you come how you orient yourself to pain, right, has changed, you know, since before the accident to now. So let's say before the accident, just, it's a hypothetical, obviously. Let's say before the accident, you hurt your arm pretty bad. How would you have oriented to that pain before the accident? What would you have done? Well, before the accident, it wouldn't have been that pleasurable pleasurable so to speak but uh to pain is something i embrace now so you would probably you would try to get rid of it somehow you would yeah you would yeah, see where you're going with this yeah for sure absolutely you would ignore it you would try to get through it as fast as possible something like that yeah heal it up as fast as possible yes so now you would embrace it but would, would that mean like looking at it admirably i mean like <laughs> I mean, what is what is it? What does that I, mean? Like, how do you embrace it? I think, I think for the ones of us that have, ex, have experienced deep pain, mental or physical, um, and gotten through it and gotten stronger by it, we now thrive on it because 
as you said, the deeper the pain, the the greater the joy, like that that uh, duopoly, so to speak. So I I mean I I look for it every day. I work out two hours a day, once one hour in the morning, one hour in the afternoon. That's the physical pain, the mental pain. I get every day when I wake up and I see my paralyzed wife. So people, so I'm a happy guy, right? And I was happy before the accident, and I'm I'm happier now, and that that helps me for sure in embracing the life we have now where I get to experience like death every day. Like I get to experience my wife's dreams being crushed and taken away every day when I see her, because she's paralyzed neck down. I mean, when you're paralyzed neck down, you can't do much. That's, you need help with everything. I get to experience all that every day. So you can imagine the amount of strength it takes to get through that. Uh, and not forcefully, but so you have to like accept it. Like you really have to accept it. This is my life. And then you can sort of breathe and get through it. And that feeds you, so to speak. So if my wife dies, and I think she will die before me, if that's just how it is, then I'll I'll probably seek out someone else to help. Because because it, it gives me so much, if that makes sense. Like yeah. It's it's beautiful, actually, because a couple of things that I hear you saying is um one is you said it's not forceful. It's this very monotonous day in, day out, and all of the little things, um, just like a workout, right? I work out, I lift weights myself as well. And it's little by little, you're strengthening that muscle. It's nothing fancy. It's not like you do one bicep curl and like, that was the one, pop. You know? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> you know? That's the laughter. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> It's, it's not, it's exactly, <laughs> that's not how it works. It's the grind. Like you don't see yeah. results from this right away. But then on the other side of it, what you're saying is through that grind of looking at the pain and embracing it day in, day out, you're doing the things that you need to do anyway. It's almost like you develop this superhuman strength. You were like above life in a sense. Um, and I don't mean that you're superior to life. But when you can face death and no longer be that afraid, all of a sudden, like, what can life throw at you that will knock you down, that will deter you, that will scare you, that will any of that stuff? You now can do almost anything that you want to do. And I don't mean like you could be in the NBA and you're like five foot four. I don't mean that kind of garbage, but it's like you can face anything. You can do anything you put your mind to because you're no longer afraid. Yeah. No, you, you, you're beautiful. I mean, that's. And that's how I feel, Aaron. I feel like um, I have a, a Native American expression. I got a T-shirt from my CrossFit trainers that says "Hukahe," loosely translated, um, "Live so well that you die with a smile." So, and that's um, that's how I feel. And that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, it it's like for you, pain has become an opportunity for growth and the experience of growth at the same time. Yeah. That, that makes and you, sense. And you see this, sorry for interrupting, but you see this at the extremes with people like David Goggins, with, which I'm sure mm-hmm. you heard of, which is yeah. just a, um, sold more books than anyone else independently. And he's just gone, taking it to the to the way extreme. But it's it's. I also think it's his way of surviving. I always think if he stopped, he would die. Like that's, that's how he manages it now, right? That's how he... He literally can't stop running. Right. Literally. Exactly. He needs to do something. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I guess it's an addiction in one way or another, but we're all addicted to something. Like we all need some sort of, I guess, I guess it's a crutch, but it's a really good crutch, the pain yeah. and the suffering. 
Yeah. So just to kind of connect the dots here and to complete the evolution, you know, you talked about the beginning of the show and of your life being having all this stuff, all the external things that we here in America would say, like, these are the goals and the dreams that everybody would want to have. You know, you've got the girl, you've got the car, the Rolex, the money, you you got the body, right? Um, some of the fame, you know, being a, a known photographer. Um, and like, what does that stuff mean to you now? Like that, that didn't give you happiness, right? And so here you are, you go through this horrible accident and you're saying now that you're a happy guy. Like looking back now on the other side of this pain um, or this horrific accident, what does that stuff mean to you now? And what's really important to you now that gives you happiness and joy? Yeah, good question. You guys, you guys, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. I drive an old beat up Jeep. I have, I don't have a Rolex anymore and I couldn't care less. Um, the only thing that matters to me now is our connections, like connections with people, human beings. And I, I'm, I'm, I take great pride in connecting with people and it may be on messenger on text in the morning, but I, I message and text the ones that I love the most every morning, every morning, just to check in because that's what I needed. Right. That's what I asked for. So I want to be there for the people that, that I know need, need it. They need to hear it. So I text them. And then when I meet people, I turn my phone off. Like I just, I, I don't look at it. I just take it away. And I try to just be present, be there with them. And it's not hard. Like it's fantastic when you spend time with people you love and they accept you as you are and you accept them as they are and you laugh, just like we're doing now, dedicated time just to, to converse. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. So yeah, connections with human beings. I love that. I think especially because, you know, for you and the people that are listening, and this is true of my own life as well. This is, I think, why I do what I do as a therapist and even with people, which is why I think, you know, talking with you, Pavel, really excites me because it's taking this, taking pain that you've experienced that could be the thing that destroys you. Um, but instead, you find a way to give that pain a purpose. Yeah. And your purpose now with that pain is like, oh, other people that might be in pain or other yeah. people that might be hurting or lonely and not have anybody. You're like, I know what that feels like. And it was horrible. And I don't want other people to feel that way. Yeah. Or I want to give people the gift that I got from the people that reached out to me. And I want to be that for them. And so then if there's this connection between this pain that you experienced that was so deep that also now can bring you so much meaning and purpose in your life. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. When you go through something this big and you're this close to death, you get sort of a superpower. You get to see through people a little bit. You can, when you meet someone new and you can sort of see them differently. You see the layer, you can scale back the layers pretty fast right. uh, and you can see them for who they are. You judge their behavior, I think and not what they're talking about. And their behavior says everything about people. You've learned that, that the mouth is not that important. It's what you actually do that matters. No, you definitely learned that. That's what I am still struck by the whole transition with the family scenario in the very beginning, because there was, they were willing to talk to you, uh, yeah. meaning like say stuff, give money, and that's it. I'm playing with a thought here that part of the deal with pain is, is that it's, it's better understood inside of human connection it's processed that way i don't like if you're just alone and in pain what's the point you're just stuck and you're screwed essentially and it's yeah. pointless right, right 
Yeah, I, I'd just like to add that six years after the accident, my mom emailed me and said it was the biggest mistake of my life not coming over. And obviously, I, I forgave her and I'd forgiven her way past then in my mind. That's how it goes. But so the sad part in that is that she just, you know, she ruined it. Like she ruined those six years and it's ruined now too. Because even if you forgive someone, and this is a different part topic, and, and I have, I don't have colony grudges, but it's still very, very hard to move past it. Because you, have, in order for, for example, me and my mom to move past it, we would have to experience all the stuff I've gone through for six years. Because otherwise, what are we going to do? Talk about the weather? When you go through all these obstacles and the suffering, the pain with people that, that bond you together and you became a warrior, but people that choose not to go through it with you, it's very hard to connect with them again. I mean, I, I'll connect with her and I'll talk to her, but there's no depth. There's just no depth anymore. So, Thank you for sharing that, actually, because I think that connects also something that we talked about earlier, which is the people that, like for your mom, for example, part of what she missed out on was... It, I'm thinking about, you know, the people that have somebody going through something, whether it's you've lost somebody or somebody's in an accident like you were, Pavel. And I'm thinking, okay, you have an opportunity to be with them, but you also have an opportunity to be with them through all of this stuff. And it's not just like, a oh, I regret reaching out to you. I regret um, not calling you or texting you or being there. It's that I missed out on this incredible opportunity to be in this life-changing experience with you that you can never go back to. You can never do it. I mean, once it's happened, it's done. It's over with. So like, I, you know, no offense to mom. It's not like she's a bad person or whatever, but like she can, you can forgive, you can repair, but your relationship will never be the same because she wasn't there with you. And I, so I, I think for those people listening, it's like, take this as an opportunity to have this incredible experience. I mean, sure, you can go to Disneyland and ride rides, you can go to Europe and check stuff out, but man, to be with somebody in the depth of their pain and and be the most important person in their life for that moment, oh God, it, like what's better than that? I'm jumping of joy here. I'm just jumping of joy and I'll cut this and use that as a promo for my documentary because that is exactly what it's about. It's I was, I was giving people the opportunity to be a hero and I write this in my book and I, I, it's one of the thesis in the documentary too. Look here. I got this opportunity for you here. Help someone, be a hero, get the accolades. You know, it's, the, it's a classical hero's journey. So, but there's a distinction then when people who choose what they choose, so to speak. But yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better. It's beautifully said. And it's, it's really everything I stand for right now is giving people the opportunity to be a hero. By doing, I was nothing, that opportunity. By doing nothing spectacular, just being with you. Right. It doesn't take anything else. That's it. Yeah. That's all it takes. And you will get accolades. For yourself from others and gain respect and have self-respect and stop doubting yourself and you know and those are the people that are closest to you or that that you love the most because they're in a place in your heart and a time in your life when you really yeah. needed them yeah yeah that's special yeah yeah wow this was good well this yeah. was this, i feel much better now this is a good time yeah <laughs> but i'm glad you're I'm, I'm glad who you are and your message has been able to to come out i mean it's you 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 know yourself well. You communicate your message really well. So I'm really grateful that we could have you on um, and people could see this because I think this is a fantastic message for this world to hear. Let's talk a little bit about your documentary. Tell us sure. a little bit about like like how did this even come about? What is it? When does it come out? Where do we find it? Yeah, give us all the details. Spill the tea. So obviously, the first 
three, four, five, I want to say the first three, four years after the accident was devoted to CAT. And I had to be 100% devoted to, well, to myself to be strong enough to help her and, and be with her. So I neglected, I, let's say this, I neglected all the people that helped us. Not that I wasn't mean or anything, but I just had nothing to give to them. All, all, I, did, all, all I did was take, 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 give, 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 give. And so now it's when I'm in a better place, I finally had the time, the finances, the, the everything to write a love letter to all my heroes. So the documentary I made is basically a love letter to everyone that helped us. And I try to try to portray their stories and where they're from in short little segments to get an idea of what kind of people helped us and why did they help us. And well, you can see it, but many people have gone through a lot of deep stuff. It may be abuse, it may be uh, rape, it may be maybe this, it may be that. Um, many of them are actually believers. I'm not a believer myself, but it, and and no judgment whatsoever, but many of them actually are believers. So that's also interesting that people that, I want to put a positive spin on it because it sounded bad. It's interesting that people that believe in something bigger than themselves came to help because they didn't all believe in God. We have a Native American uh, woman named Che who believed in creator of all things, which could be anything, right? And we have this Dr. Fair and the neurosurgeon who literally believe in a God. And we have other people who believe in other bigger entities, but they believe in something bigger than themselves. And I think that's key, that you don't do stuff just for you. You feel like you're part of something bigger, like you're part of, we're all one, right? We're stardust. And, and those, those are the people that came in. Well, that sounds amazing. Where can we find this documentary? And like, when is it? Is it out right now? How do we watch it? Is it is not. It's premiering March 4th in, here in Los Angeles in a theater. Everything that I do is on truelovethebook.com, truelovethebook.com. Um, yeah. I guess what I'm wondering is, so it sounds like you communicate with with people somehow. I mean, do you do that through the truelovethebook.com or how does that good, work? Good, good question. So um, I wrote a book that was um, became a bestseller on Amazon. After that, I did a documentary, which is premiering now. During this year, um, we've also written a screenplay based on the book. So we, what we're doing now, we're, we're going to go on a funding round and fund fund a screenplay so we can do a feature film that we hopefully we see on Netflix in, in a year or two um, based on on our story. And it's a story about love, hope, and resilience, which, which you obviously know. Mm-hmm. I'm also thinking about starting a podcast named The Caregiver. So hopefully I'll do that. We'll see. All right. That's pretty cool. Well, Aaron, you have anything else? No, I just want to say, Pavel, thank you for uh, for being on our show and um, taking, you know, it's not lost on me that um, as we talked about people giving of themselves and of their time as the most valuable resource that we have, that you've done that for us and for our audience. And I'm just thrilled that you came on here that, that we can continue also on the other side to promote that. I mean, it's a beautiful message. Um, you're an incredible person, not just for um, what you've done, but just the simplicity and beauty, I think, of your message of like, connect with people, be with people. I think the world needs more of that. So um, I'm grateful that that you were on our show. So thank you for being here. Yeah, I, thank you so much. And I, yep, sorry, I'm just Go gonna ahead. say I can't couldn't have um, done it better. Do you want to say anything else, Pavel? No, I just, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on their show. I really do. You guys are, are, are fun. And yeah, I think you convey the message in a, in a way that it needs to be conveyed in a, in a sort of easy to go fun way. So people can take, take the message because it's, it's a tough message. And I've listened to your other podcasts and it's, you're, 
We're handling tough subjects in, in a very lighthearted manner, which is some ways sometimes needed to, 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 to take it in, so to speak. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being here. And for all of you out there, be a heroic human and have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.